Welcome, everyone, to today's focus for Thursday, February the 2nd, 2023, at 11.58 a.m. Central Time. Today's focus, church idolatry. Church idolatry. Now, when you hear that phrase, you may think that I'm getting ready to spend the next few minutes talking about the different idols that you can find inside many churches, your church, my church, any church, because if we're on, we have to be honest with ourselves within every church, there are these things that kind of rise to, well, golden calf status. It becomes an idol and you're not to touch it. You are not to question it. It's there. You must respect the idol. Now, nobody will acknowledge that it's an idol, but it's an idol inside the church. Like whatever the program is, whatever the method is, whatever the plan is, you don't touch it because that's the way this church does things. And it becomes an idol. It can be an idea. It can be a program. It can be a plan. It can be whatever the case may be. For example, the Awana program. Don't you dare touch or question or criticize the Awana program because you'll be in trouble because see, it becomes a golden calf. And if you just bump into it, it's like, ah, outrage, outrage, outrage. If you change anything, like if you say, well, you know what? We're going to, we're going to stop that activity. How dare you? Because it's, it, these things become idols within the church. And there have been entire church splits because someone dare question an idol, want to remove the idol. And nobody will say it's an idol. Everybody refers to it. Oh, this is an amazing program or this. And, and it becomes like dogma. This is the way the church must operate. So yes, we could do an entire podcast about the idols within the church. You could think today about the idols within your church or the idols you have seen inside of churches. And that would be an interesting discussion, but that's not what I'm here to talk about. Today's focus is church idolatry. Listen, we're going to talk about, and what I want you to focus on today is when the church itself becomes an idol. When the church itself becomes an idol, can the church be an idol. That's the question. You can, you may agree or disagree. I'm going to take the position, at least just for the sake of this broadcast, I'm going to take the position that the church can become an idol and it has been an idol over and over and over in the life of many Christians. And it typically ends badly for everyone involved. In your Christian life, are there times that the church has become an idol in your life, your focus, your attention. You're serving the church. You're focused on the church instead of Christ. That the church is supposed to point us to Christ, but in a roundabout way, the church becomes the idol and all of our focus, all of our attention, we're serving, we're, we're worshiping basically the church. We will never admit that because we will always say, no, 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 I'm doing all of this for Christ. But in reality, do we just, in a sense, become focused and devoted to serving this institution called the church? All of its programs, its plans, its activities, we, 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 we just become focused on keeping that institution running. 
Just keeping, just keep feeding the machine. Just keep feeding this thing called the church. Can the church be an idol? Now let's begin this discussion in Exodus chapter 20. You are very familiar with these words, but let's read them. Exodus chapter 20, verse 1. Then God spoke, then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery. Do not have other gods besides me. God establishes, I'm the one who delivered you. You cannot have any other gods. I am to be your only God. In what ways can the church really become your God? Do you say never? That would never happen. I worship God, but I wonder in what ways the church can become really God. You, you, you think you're really focusing on the true God, but in a roundabout way, the church becomes your God. That's what you're serving. That's what you're loving. That's what you're focusing on. The church. Can the church become an idol? Let's continue reading. Do not make an idol for yourself, whether in the shape of anything in the heavens above or on the earth below or in the waters under the earth. Do not bow and worship to them. Do not serve them. For I'm the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children of the father's iniquity, the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing faithful love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commands. Can the church be an idol? I want you to really, really, really think about that today. Today's focus is I want you to think about church idolatry. I want you to really, and now you've got to be willing to be honest with yourself. And I want you to just think, in what ways does the church become an idol? We build this, I mean, think about the church, all of the money, all of the effort, all the things to keep the institution moving, all the programs, all the activities, this, 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 this. I've heard from so so many times, and Christians will complain. And once you ever, when, when you kind of point it out, they usually get offended. I'm like, no, 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 that's not what I mean. But think about, I've heard so many times people were like, man, so, uh, you know, we're a member of this church and we have this to do, and then we have small groups, and then we have this, and then we have prayer meeting, and then we have this, and then we have this, and we have a business meeting, and then we have this activity, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and they go, 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 activity, 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 program, 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 pro- program, and sometimes you'll hear, and you, and I just want to look at them and like, why is your church doing all of those things? What, what does any of that have to do with Christianity? What does that have to do? And they'll be like, well, well, I mean, and then they'll, they'll try to defend it. But they themselves will talk about how just they're so tired of going to this and this. Why? Because it sounds like your focus, your attention, your devotion is to this institution and to all of its programs. And think of all the money and the effort and the time trying to keep feeding the machine. Now, I am not in any way saying, well, just throw out the local church. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that we have to be, we have to have a a heart-to-heart talk. We have to look in the mirror and go, but when does the church become elevated to almost like idol status? And in a roundabout way, 
the idol replaces God. We say we're serving God, but the idol becomes almost an, a, an alternative to God, becomes a substitute God. It becomes a false God. It becomes an idol. We're still claiming that we're serving the true God, but the church really becomes the focus. I mean, think of all the time and the effort, volunteers, business meetings, all the, the fighting and the arguing and the, and the difficulties, everything that comes to play within the local body. And, and, I, and I'm not saying that every, all of that, I, I, by no means, I'm not saying all of that means throw it out. I'm just saying that it, it's, it's a very subtle thing because it's the church, right? It's the church. It can't be bad. I'm not saying the church is bad. I'm saying the church can become an idol, which at that point, it does become bad. Let's work on an article. I came across this article. I don't even know how I found this article. I, I, I found some website that I never even been on, and all of a sudden, I see this title, can the church be an idol? Can the church be an idol? And as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, there's, there's our topic for today's focus. For today's focus, I'm going to have everyone deal with that question on their own. Can the church be an idol? How has the church been an idol in their life? And I, and I, of course, I, when I do the today's focus, not only do I want to spark the conversation, I want to be a part of the conversation. So always email me your thoughts newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, or share your thoughts on the Discord channel. I mean, that's that's the whole point of these episodes is to try to spark the conversation because I think that's where we really can dig into these things. But let's see what this article has to say. Part of me wants to just stop right there and just say, you know what? There you go, guys. Today's focus, can the church be an idol? Is the church an idol? And what ways is a church an idol? And just kind of leave it there and just say, tell me what you come up with. And then later we, we circle back to this. But I feel like I can't just leave it right there. I want to, but I feel like I've got to give you a little bit more because, I mean, you pay a lot of money for these broadcasts, right? I mean, okay, yeah, I'm making a little bit of a joke. All right, here we go. Can the church be an idol? Anything can be an idol, no matter how good it is, which means the church can indeed be an idol. It's a sneaky idol because Jesus loves the church and refers to it as his body of believers. But we have turned the church into a religious institution. And sadly, we've overcomplicated and at the same time watered down our calling to spread the good news. I don't think there's any way to deny that the church has been turned into, I don't even like to refer to it sometimes as a religious institution. I think sometimes it's been turned into nothing more than basically a business, an organization, a corporation. And we have all of these committees and this and this and this and, and, and everybody wants, I want the church to do this and I want the church to do this and I want 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 and everybody has these expectations and these demands from their idol. And they're like, this, this is my idol here. This, this is this. And it's like, wait, are you, what are you worshiping? What, what are you, what are you focused on? And little by little, they're focused on the church. Now, listen to me. You've probably heard people say this. You may have even said this. I have seen people 
very committed to a church, and everything goes horribly wrong. It blows up. Church split, division, fighting, arguing, and, and people experience pain, hurt, betrayal, deception, trauma, and it's real. And I'm by no means diminishing it. But many of them will, will say, well, you know, I no longer go to church. I'm tired of church. I was hurt in the church. And in many cases, you will see not only have they walked away from the church, this has had a negatively, a, a, a negative, profa- a profoundly negative impact on their faith itself. Now, if the church hurt them, that's horrible. I'm not minimizing it. But if the folk, if your focus is on Christ, if your faith is in Christ, what happened in the church can hurt and can bother you, but your faith should still remain intact because your faith was never in the church, right? You weren't serving the church. You weren't obeying the church in a sense. You weren't bowing and worshiping the church. Your, your focus was, was on Christ. But I think we can all agree that for many people, many, many people, this is so important, their, their faith is so connected to the institution that when the institution lets them down, it has a profoundly negative impact on their faith, meaning that maybe their faith was more focused on the church than it was Christ, than in a way the church came between them and Christ. That, that, would that not be sufficient evidence of it becoming an idol? I think it would. The idol let you down. The idol hurt you. The idol caused trauma. The idol felled you. But you are now are, it has now profoundly, it's had a profoundly negative impact on your faith itself. That's, the church has been, that's church idolatry. This article continues. I love the definition of the church. And it says given by, but it doesn't actually give the name of the book. So I don't know. There's a, there's a typo here. The name of the book is completely gone. And they just give the date it was published, 1998. And they give the publisher, InterVarsity Press. But that don't give me the name of the book. <laughs> right? Okay. So um, maybe it's called Christian Fellowship. It's it's weird it's it's weird because they say yeah I don't know it's it's written very weird but a book written in 1998 gives the following definition of the church all believers are now priests because God's spirit dwells within the church slash his people they must live in unity with one another there's very little about buildings or institutions unless we focus on synagogues now I'm not saying I agree with this definition of the church. I think there's there's some problems here and we could take it apart. Um, but I, I don't want to get sidetracked. We're looking at church idolatry. What they're focusing on is the church is the people, not an institution, right? So once we, when we create these institutions, are we, are we moving? Well, at least I think this, once the institutions are formed, I think idolatry is a real danger that we never warn anyone about. If you think about it in some ways, and I don't know how to articulate this, 
I don't know if this is going to work. This may be a horrible illustration, but I hope this will, I hope this will work, right? I've got a bottle of water right here, okay? If you've been listening to our discussion on Tertullian on baptism, I keep doing that in all the broadcasts, right? Because Tertullian's basically, water has got supernatural powers, okay? But I, I digress. But this water is inside a bottle, but this bottle is clear. I can see right through the bottle and I see the water. In a roundabout way, I can understand the church as an organization, pastors, deacons, right? Whatever church structure you have. There's the, in a sense, the building, the institution, right? The, the local organization. But in a roundabout way, shouldn't the church almost be like, in some ways, invisible? That it's there, right? There it is. But when I look at it, I don't even see it. I just see the water. I don't see the bottle. I see the water. Because this bottle is clear. It's clear, right? I can't, I mean, I know the bottle is there, but I see the water. And a roundabout way, shouldn't the church, even though it's there, be basically clear that we don't really see it? It's there, but it's kind of invisible, right? It's there. We see, we see Christ. We see him. The church is simply, it's there. It has its purpose, but everything about the church is to point to Christ. But so many times the church itself becomes the thing that we serve. It's supposed to be about Christ, but we say we're serving Christ, but in reality, we start serving the bottle. We start serving the, the, the institution. And it requires our time and our money and our effort. And it requires being involved in this activity and this activity and this activity and this activity. And we got to raise money and we need to build this building and we need to build this building and we need volunteers for this. And we're going to do this and we're going to have a fall festival and we're going to do this and we're going to have a Valentine's banquet. And then we're going to do, and then we're going to have a Mother's Day that, and we need this and we need this and we need to buy this material and we need to, and you've got to constantly keep feeding the institution. You got to keep constant and we need a new plan and we need a new this and we need, because we got to get more visitors and we got to replace the members because we if we if we don't replace at least 17 members you're gonna you're gonna lose and all the statistics and goes into this and this and this and this and we need advertising and we need marketing and we need a new sign and we need this and we need to do and we need to do this and we need to do oh we need we need to make sure we have uh we, we have a, a church flyer or church bulletin. We got to make sure we give those out and we got to make sure we do this and we got to, and, 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 and maybe we'll get bumper stickers and maybe we'll do, and, and, and we'll send out flyers in the mail. And, and it's like, it's constant, all of these things that we're doing and it requires money and it requires time and it requires effort. And it's just, it never, it's never ending. And we're constantly feeding this, this, this organization. Now, I'm not sure I completely agree with their, their, their idea. They like their definition because it just focuses on the people. Forget the institution. But once the institution is there, we can't deny that the institution, in many cases, instead of using my illustration of the bottle where we see the water, it becomes a bottle where we don't see what's inside of it. And what we see is the bottle. Like in this water bottle, the focus is on the water, not on the bottle. Some bottles, you can't see the liquid contained within, and it's the, it's the bottle gets the, the attention. Does the church get the attention? Does the, does the church get the focus, the devotion, the time, the effort, the money? Now, we say we do all of that for Christ, 
but you see how subtle it can be that in reality, you're bowing, worshiping, and serving the institution. We have built an idol that we say is going to lead us to the promised land, but reality, it's, it's, it's just becomes an institution that feeds itself and needs all of our devotion and time and love to keep it going. And it doesn't actually get us to Christ. Church idolatry. Now, the next paragraph. The church is best depicted in the book of Acts. It was the first time believers were referred to as Christians. The people were united with their beliefs about Jesus and lived together as a community. Their fellowship was outside, which meant their witness was uncovered and visible for others to observe. Thousands of people came to believe in Jesus because of their unity in Christ. Now, this paragraph, I have a problem because I do get tired of everyone always going to Acts going, that's what the church should be. We need to get back to an Acts kind of church. Everyone says that, but nobody really wants an Acts kind of church. I mean, you do sell all of your property and have it in common. Everyone sell their property, give it to the church, and no, no, nobody's going to do that. Meet every single day. Nobody's going to do it. So, there, so what we do with Acts is we go through, and it's like a buffet. We're like, I'm going to take a little bit of this from Acts, a little bit from this uh, from Acts, we romanticize it into this beautiful idea of what the church should be, but it's not even really, it's, it's something we've created because it's not really Acts because we leave out the things we don't want to do and we've created something else, that, this noble idea of what the church should be. And I, I'm glad we have these noble ideas of what we want the church to be. But the reality is, I think we have what it wanted, what we want it to be. And then we just keep adding and adding. Everyone's got their ideas of what they want from the church. And sometimes I'm like, is, was the church ever designed to give you all of these things? What you want is an idol. You want an idol to give you what you want. It's almost like, hey, Christ is not enough for you. Christ doesn't satisfy you. Christ isn't meeting your needs. So now you look to the church. You look to the pastor to meet those needs, to meet those wants. Because Christ isn't sufficient. I mean, this goes back to previous today's focused podcast episodes where we've been talking about this kind of thing. Christ, so we look to the church and the church, you better meet my need. You better meet this. You better meet this. You meet. And when the church lets you down, then it has a profoundly negative impact on your faith because your real focus, your real love, your real devotion was on that institution, even though you were claiming it was on Christ. And when the institution lets you down because it doesn't meet your need, you become jaded, frustrated, aggravated, and angry and mad because somehow you were looking to the church to give you what you should have been looking to Christ for. When you think of an idol, I'm sure the golden calf in Exodus comes to mind. We often think of an idol as a graven image, something tangible that we can see and touch. This description is accurate, but there's more to it. The tangible idols, graven images, and statues symbolize something bigger. Our focus is on something other than the living God. Our focus because becomes on something other than the living God. Our focus, and if you think about it, why did they build the golden calf in the first place? Where's Moses? Right? Wait, 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 wait. What do we do? Oh, we need, we need to see something, right? We don't know where this God is. We don't know where Moses went. We need, in a sense, a golden calf. We need something visible to lead. They, 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 they there was a need and they looked and 
They didn't feel like it was being met almost. I think I think maybe this is a correct way to understand it. And they looked to the golden calf to give them some sense of security. They, they looked to the golden calf to give them what they wanted, what they needed. Instead of looking to God, they turned to the golden calf. And I think many looked to the religious institution to give them what they should be looking to God for. And then this institution gets bigger and bigger, more demanding, more activities. And just, just think about the, just, just try to comprehend the amount of money spent every year to keep these, to keep the church, all the churches, just, just group them all together and the millions, probably billions of dollars it keeps to keep these things up, these institutions operating. New building this, build this, buy this. We need this. We got to do this. We just, just, we need a church bulletin. We need this. We need that. We need this. We need that. We need this. We need that. We need this. And is it really getting people to Christ or is it just keeping people and, you know, and then it's uh, uh, keeping people in the institution? I mean, how much of the how much of the programs and the activities is really designed to get us to Christ or to get you to become a committed contributor to the, the institution that you're showing up and that you're giving so that the institution can be maintained? Now, we say we're doing it for Christ. We, we, we'll call it spiritual growth. We'll call it discipleship. But is growth and discipleship really trying to get you plugged in to activities to small groups so that you'll be more committed to the church. And by being more committed to the church, you're showing up at the activities, you're giving money so that we can continue to feed the organization. Meaning that the church now becomes a substitute God, becomes an idol. It's easy to roll our eyes at how foolish the Israelites were to make a gold statue out of the jewelry and other prized possessions and expect it would perform as their God. But if you take a moment to reflect, we'll see that we make idols with much less effort and more frequency. Aaron held a high position of authority as high priest, but did a great disservice to the people when he advised them to make the golden calf. Now, there's far more to this article. I've already gone longer than I wanted to. I've gone 26 minutes. I'm supposed to go 15 minutes, but that's okay. Today's focus Church idolatry. Today's focus, can the church be an idol? I want you to think about how the church itself can become an idol. How has that idolatry shown up in your own life? How has it shown up in lives of other people you have seen and seen the negative consequences of it? How can we avoid letting the church become an idol? Is there, is there an easy way? I'm by no means saying throw out the church. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that how can the church operate in a way where itself doesn't become an idol, where itself doesn't become a false god, where itself doesn't, in a sense, get in a way? Where can the church become where it's, in a sense, invisible? Like, here's the church, but I see right through it, and I see I see the water. I see Christ. I see God. I see that's what my focus is on. I'm not saying there's any easy answers, but I... But just because there aren't easy answers, I don't think it's a topic that should be ignored. Most of the time when I hear about church idolatry, we talk about the idols within the church. But how can church itself become that idol? 
Email me, newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's the newsif at yahoo.com. I have a feeling we'll be talking more about this somewhere down the road. But that is your today's focus for Thursday, February the 2nd, 2023. Church idolatry. Can the church be an idol?